The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. then hopefully we've all dried out and we're ready to roll with this week's edition of the Full Toss Podcast from Chester Bolton Hall Cricket Club. Welcome along, my name's Jim Law and together with Lee Dixon we'll review last weekend and we'll catch up with Ian Thistlewood from the fourth team. We'll look forward with Dave Atkin whose over 40s season starts this week. Plus we're in the company of James McCoy from uh, Witness Cricket Club. He's talking to Lee ahead of the first team game with Witness at the weekend. Of course, Wacko Jacko Williams is in the house with all things Fantasy League. And I'm delighted to say we have Alan Turner with us this time round. Alan Turner telling us about the Chester Bolton Hall Century Club. It's Cricket Jim, but not as we know it. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The Full Toss. What's on at Chester Borton Hall? So, the marquee is open. We know how successful it's been. The race meetings last week were great. Even when the rain came down last weekend with the cricket, uh, we were pretty busy in there as well. Now, the opening hours have changed slightly, so keep an eye on the website to see exactly how that works. But uh, the main thing is that Friday, Saturday and Sunday is as you were. So you can eat and drink pretty much from 12 o'clock midday through until midnight. Okay, And of course, from uh, May the 17th, we'll be open upstairs. So Adam and the team are getting uh, things ready as we speak. And uh, we'll be able to have uh, a drink indoors again. Keep an eye on all of that. Vintage Chester Borton Hall. On the Full Toss. So if you've not heard the Full Toss Vintage, give it a whirl, okay? We've uh, put out one episode so far. Jeremy Jordan and myself in conversation with Heath Pritchard, an overseas player, an Australian overseas player who played for, for four years in the early noughties. Some fantastic stories from the era that saw the likes of Seamus, Keggy, Jordan himself, of course, and uh, one or two other uh, names from the past. Well worth a listen. The uh, Full Toss podcast vintage and we've got a couple more for you lined up in the next few weeks as well. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. So, uh, Lee, um, last weekend, of course, we had the rain, but before the weekend, we had the start of the T20 season for the ones. We did. Um, it's the first game of our group, obviously regionalised. So, our friends from Alvin Lee came across. It was 16 overs aside, which I found a bit odd, if I'm honest, Jim. But mm. I've been told that with the sanitisation breaks and, and the light, that is the reason behind that. But um, yeah, 16 overs. Uh, we managed to bat first and we got 152. Uh, Ollie and Warren got us off to a really good start. Warren Goodwin with 56. Ollie was unluckily ran out backing up uh, for 22. And then Rick Moore came in and got 39 off 27. So a, quite a daunting score, just short of 10 runs per over. Uh, in response, Alvin Lee didn't really have anything any sort of answer. Only Mike Rowlands for them with 23 was the only one who made double figures. Um, and the, the wickets were spread around. I thought Alex Townend was was really threatening. Uh, two for 14 off his three. Uh, Luke Young, two for 14 off his 2.4. But 
But the star of the show was Jack Williams. To be fair, Jacko is just nothing like anything else in the league. And especially for the sides who are coming up from the first and the second division, facing a six foot three leg spinner with the control he has is never going to be easy, especially when they're trying to close in on 10, 11 runs and over at that point. So Jacko did a really good job. A few nice little takes for Nashi, who came in for the cup game as well. So well done to him. And uh, we roll on to the next game. Against Barrow a week on Thursday. Um, and then the two, well, we had a monsoon then after that, didn't we? Um, the, the game cleared, Friday was pretty wet, and Saturday was even wetter. Keggy weaved his magic, didn't he, for the twos and fours to play here? He, he did. Uh, obviously, the first team and the third team uh, lost their games very early in the day, which is good. You know, no messing around, which was nice to see some common sense prevail. But uh, what I would say is it's a, it's a massive doth to the cap of uh, the committee here at the club because the infrastructure showed exactly what it can do uh, on a wet weather day. You know, the the big covers, the super soaker uh, on the front and the back pitch meant that the seconds were able to... Um, Defeat Cheadle second team. And fair play to Cheadle. They they stuck around and um, dealt with the, the weather being a little bit inclement. Uh, they bowled them out for 66. And uh, we managed to knock it off in double quick time. Nice to see Tommy Evans with a, a couple at the top. And Alex Townend, after four wickets in the first innings, bowling threateningly again um, with 17 out in, in, in double quick time. So that was a great result for the second team. That catapulted them to the top of the league with no other teams playing in that league on the day. Uh, Matt Griffiths was absolutely delighted. As was Alex Townend. Let's hear what he had to say. Sat here overlooking a very, very damp-looking Chester Borton Hall. And today's star of the show was Alex Townend. Wiggy, good day at the office. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, really, for everyone involved. Obviously, massive, massive shout-out to Keggy and his ground staff for even allowing us to get on today. I think we were the only team in our league to actually get any play today, so massive shout-out to them. And, and, and them being able to do that and, and, you, and you being able to play has is, is put you to the top of the league? Oh, like, so many teams haven't been played today and I think coming in this morning, we knew that it was a big game. If anywhere's going to get any play, it's Chester because we've got probably the best, gra- best ground staff in the league without a shadow of a doubt. And every time there's any rain, we get on, we play, we get 25 points, that's how it goes. So for you personally, obviously, um, you've got a bit of a head of steam up today. It looked like you were getting in, in, in decent areas. Bit in the wicket for you? Yeah, I think a, a little bit in the wicket, man. Uh, got a bit of jag early on. That was quite nice. I think a game, a game during the week sort of set me up to sort of uh, hit my stride today. Uh, obviously a shorter, shorter format of the game, but all in all... Managed to managed to get myself a good amount of overs in today. With so many of the first teamers here today, obviously see you get your four wickets and a, a, a blustery 17 not out at the end, but also a good performance in the week. It's been a, on the whole a really good week for you. Oh yeah, at the minute really enjoying my cricket, feeling like I'm just sort of hitting my stride, if you say, and yeah, just feeling good at the minute really. So obviously on to next week. Um, Hopefully the weather's a little bit better. I'm not playing. Next you're not. Week. You're not playing no, next week. What, it's, actually, what it's actually my uh, birthday next week, turning 23. The big two three, and I am in Leeds. And the weekend, unfortunately, the missus has uh, snapped me away for the weekend. So there you go. Here, here first at Chester. Star of the show today. Birthday boy next week. But fantastic, Alex Townend. Thank you very much. <laughs> the full toss podcast. And we've actually got uh, Ian Thistlewood. So let's hear what he said about the fourth team who were at home to Port Sunlight. 
So, somewhat remarkably, we managed to get a game on this weekend. And I must admit, when I woke up on Saturday morning and the uh, rain was pouring down from the sky and the forecast looked apocalyptic, I thought there was no chance. And I texted the oppo captain, Mark, to say just that. And then as the morning went on and it, the forecast slowly started to improve and um, with with Keggy's bullishness, actually, about... Um, the prospect of play and and trust in Keggy, we do. Um, we we managed to get the game on. I mean, we used all the um, all the machinery available to us, including the bigger blotter thing and the um, smaller blotter thing, um, and at one point even cardboard uh, pizza boxes to try and mop up the rain. Um, and we got the game on. In the end, the game was reduced to 30 overs a side and um, we won the toss and uh, decided to bowl first. And we managed to restrict them to 120-odd um, off their 30 overs, which uh, after Duckworth-Lewis was revised up slightly to 125. Um, a, a generally a good bowling performance and, and really the, the, the standout performance once more this week were um, Jamie Littler and Alex Cotton who uh, really bowled very tightly in the opening um, 15 overs and, and, and really the the progress that the Port Sunlight batsman made in that 15 overs um, uh, really set the game up for us. Uh, it ensured they... Um, uh, they posted quite a low total, a bit higher than we'd expected actually at one point, but but still relatively low. And then in return, um, we were looking on the rocks um, um, from quite early on. Joey Dez went early, Jack McGovern went early, then Manny, um, his eyes lit up when he saw a, a, a wide long up and he edged a slip. And, and I must admit, I thought at that point, chasing a low total, they're just the guys you need to um, uh, to, to smash a 30. Um, but fortunately, um, uh, Dave Henson continued his brilliant form from last week, posting a really patient 50, batted throughout four as he opened the batting and batted throughout. And Ian Boothroyd came in and just did what Ian does best, which is um, defend the straight ball and really hit the uh, bad ball very hard indeed. And, and he raced to a 50. And um, when chasing a low target like that, uh, you get a couple of good overs and, you know, Ian smashed one for 12 and suddenly before you know it, that's 10% of the total down and and uh, the, the momentum of the game um, switches completely. So we managed to chase it down with four overs to spare. In the end, a really comfortable win, um, although for, for a time I was, um, I was a bit nervous. Um, and and really the, the the key thing I think and the, and the thing we all agreed on in the bar afterwards was that it's these games that win leagues. Um, we were the only team in our league to play. In fact, I think the only team in the county to play. Um, uh, and it's um, it's those additional eighteen points that we've gained on some of our rivals that can make the difference uh, in a long season. Next week we travel to Wirral, which is one of my. Um, uh, one of my favourites, uh, we got on exceptionally well with the team. Um, uh, some of them actually were watching on Saturday at our place. Um, and there's always some fun that happens at Wirral, be it a festival or uh, last year they had a PA system, 2020 style, which they promised is back again this year. So really looking forward to that visit. Uh, really looking forward to welcoming back Rob Williams as my vice captain. Um uh, we've been far too polite in the field for the last two few weeks, so uh, it'd be good to have Rob back um, with his unique brand of uh, of humour on 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 the pitch. And um, 
yeah, just uh, hopefully looking forward to a slightly sunnier, warmer day. Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall. Yeah, Ian Thistlewood's uh, team took on a, a, a poor sunlight side in, in, you know, like we spoke about, the conditions were far from ideal in a shortened game. Um, Port Sunlight batting first and, you know, they put up a, a really decent fight against some some decent bowling as well um, from the Chester side. And, and that means that we're four from four. Four from four. Tremendous. Uh, the ladies on uh, Sunday, Lee, not quite so good. No, uh, and, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm gutted for the ladies because I think they were full of confidence following their, their win against Didsbury. Um, it looked like... Um, we got off to a really good start. Ali Cutler was on 26 when she was uh, caught by one of our own players who plays in the T20, Dawn Prestige, off Sophie Connor. Um, and only Katie Bennett then with 13 was was the only person to make double figures as we collapsed quite quickly to 68 all out off 40 overs. Uh, in response, um, Oakme, they seem to deal with it quite comfortably, if I'm honest, Jim. It looks like a very strong side, that... And uh, they knocked it off in 25 overs for the loss of two wickets. So uh, only Tilly Buss and Annette Axon with a single wicket each to take anything from the day. So kind of one of those where you put it to bed and, and don't really talk about it, I don't think. No, and they, they won't. Uh, they're moving on. Uh, they've got a cup game lined up, I think, and the uh, the twos are ready to roll out as well. Match reviews and previews from Chester Borton Hall. So, Lee, we've got Witness, of course, coming to Filkins Lane on Saturday, and uh, you've got one of the old stars of the show. I have. I'm very, very lucky. This is a, a guy that goes back 19 years of first 11 cricket. I've come up against this guy, and he's certainly... Um, one in a million. It's Jimmy McCoy. Jimmy, how are you doing? <laughs> Afternoon. Yeah, very well. Yourselves? Not too bad. Obviously, the weather's uh, a little bit overcast, but I'm sure Keggy will uh, get the heat lamps out and we'll be on a, a nice flat one come the weekend, Jim. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people, when they come to our place, are, are excited at the fact of us preparing a flat one, but I know that you're certainly uh, in, in the uh, minority and quite happily see us uh, flattening out for you at the weekend. Yeah, we do some batting points. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, um, fifth game of the season. Um, you guys have uh, not got off to the start you wanted. Um, what are your thoughts on that so far? <laughs> yeah, I, I think actually we've we've just had a couple of bad periods of play within the games, but you know I think we've competed all right. It's just that at, at certain times we've we've lost wickets quickly together and and struggled to recover. Um, you know, maybe someone digging in and getting a, a valuable thirty or forty in a couple of games might have swung them a different way. But you know, as a team, we've got to accept that and and try and make it right going forward. Uh, I do. But I... Yeah, it's been it's been a tough start. I mean, Nantwich at home, nesting away, mm. is a tough start. And then Cheadle off the back of a really good result against Didsbury came to our place, and they, they played a witness on us. You know, they they they, they batted first, got two hundred on the board. And got the tweakers on, and and that was that was how it finished, really. Yeah, it's uh, like obviously you've just mentioned there, Neston and Nant, which we've we've had very similar fixtures to two of the sides that arguably are going to be up there at the top of the season. Uh, it looked like you went really close against Neston in a in a in a game which uh, wasn't short controversy uh, from all accounts. Uh, one hundred and thirty <laughs> played one hundred and thirty for eight. That, that at some point in that game, you must have thought we're going to do these. Yeah, I think uh, I think we ran Luke Jones out uh, when they were like seven down for one twenty. So we had him eight down, 
and you just thought anything could happen with 10 to win. But Dane Williams, you know, he played really well, held it together. I think he got 30-odd not out. Um, and that was the key wicket, really, for us, that we just couldn't, couldn't dismantle him. And, and he got him over the line. It was, yeah, it was a good game of cricket. Again, if 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 uh, someone else had got another twenty or thirty, we might have been able to to get the result the other side. But the problem is when you bat first and don't get many on the board. Even if it's a close game, you're not getting many points, and that's obviously a reflection of where we are in the table at the moment. In that game, uh, Ali Chubtai um, got seventy-two. Uh, he he's a, a name that a lot of us don't know. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him? Yeah, so I mean, Ali Ali approached us in the in the winter, and I think he emailed a couple of the clubs within the league. Um, he came down and uh, had a chat with our with our skipper Tom Evans, and you know we managed to, to get him over the line, which was you know uh, a, a good signing for us. A bit of an unknown quantity. I spoke to Steve Titchard about him. Uh, obviously, he's still in the Lank setup. He said he's a good player. He gives it a whack. Um, and you know we've we've seen him play four or five times for us already, and most weeks he's he's got decent runs, and you know he's probably not far off going and getting a big one in the next couple of weeks, fingers crossed. So I've uh, been really impressed with him. He's got a good attitude. He thinks about the game well for for a young lad. So hopefully he can you know do well for us this season and and beyond really. Well, uh, hopefully he can wait one more week before he gets a a really big one, but. Um... <laughs> Witness obviously come to Filkinthane at the weekend looking for their first win of the season. Um, it's one of those games, Jimmy, and I, I do think if um, it serves me right, you, you guys have had some some good success against against ourselves. Um, looking back at 2019, there was a, a fantastic uh, chase at, at Witness's ground where you guys chased uh, one seven two nine down. Um, yeah. You guys must see this as a great opportunity to really get your season going and, and cap pull up the table. I think I think sometimes you know playing teams like like yourselves and, and Neston and that which sometimes when the pressure's off and there's not much expectation, um, you know you can pull out a, a result that maybe wasn't expected. Um, I mean in that particular game, our overseas got a, got a hundred and got us over the line. I think if you can remember, it was rain affected and we did we started a bit later, so it it wasn't a full duration of a game but I think Tom Evans bowled well for us I think he got four or five wickets um, and then yeah uh, I was out first ball as per usual <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, on the chase uh, caught a point um, so and then yeah I mean we had we had Jono that, that year and, and he, I think he finished third highest run score in the league with about 750 um, so yeah uh, he, he got a, he got a hundred and, and then I think he was out with about five to win and, and Parky got the old lap sweep out against uh, Jack Williams and yeah we, we managed to get over the line so that was, that was a good day that that whole sentence just sounds so wrong doesn't it Matt Parkinson getting the lap sweep out <laughs> to Jack Williams but the you know one of the great characters in the league obviously Parky still taking the the new rock for yourselves how's how's he been going this year yeah, he's, he's 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 doing all right. You know, he's he's an like you say, he's an interesting character. He's good fun to play with. Um, you know, a bit fiery, a bit like myself. So we get on quite well. What we walk around as the kind of the elder statesman now of the team, and you know, and just chat rubbish most of the day. So it's yeah, it's <laughs> nice to have someone to bounce off. <laughs> well, um, obviously for for yourself, obviously going into the weekend, it's been one of those places where we've seen you get some really good starts. I, I look back at our time. 20 years of playing cricket together. I've been lucky to play against you, obviously, 
for when we were younger, it was always grappling all up. Then that was the, the the great battle. Um, it actually started before then, didn't it? Because uh, your dad Tony, the gloveman himself from uh, Grappenall, used to go up against Gary quite often at Upton. Yeah, well, they were captains as well. They were both captains of the team. So yeah, it was uh, before our time. I think we probably playing in the nets as nippers at the time. But yeah, they, they used to do battle out, outside on the uh, you know on the main strip, and uh, yeah, and then ironically we've we've carried it through and. Obviously, we've played in games with with yourself and Ross, uh, and me and our Luke. You know, so uh, in terms of you know brothers playing in the league, we've sort of grown up through the ranks together, played a lot with and against, and it's been been good fun most of it. Yeah, I was going to say my my actually biggest highlight uh, from you, Jimmy, actually wasn't playing against you; it was playing with you uh, for the Cheshire the Cheshire second eleven. We played uh, Yorkshire second eleven. At Middlewich now, anyone around the league knows that Middlewich is a beautiful batting track. Um, but they had a very, very handy side out uh, that particular day. And, uh, you know, two, three-day cricket maybe isn't known for uh, people looking for, you know, um, raw excitement. It's more for the purist. Um, and, and you managed to <laughs> go out and uh, rattle off a 187 in 42 overs before the close of play. Um, who was at the other end that day, just out of interest? Uh, Johnny Kettle. Uh, I think he was forty-four now at close. And what? If, and, and you know, Johnny obviously went on and did really well for Cheshire, and he's yeah. he's, got, he's got a fantastic life working in the church over in Australia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but a lovely bloke. I'd imagine he would have absolutely loved to have had the front row seat to that. But just just talk us through it because obviously these days don't come along all the time. You know what? What was the highlight of that day for you? I think I think I think they got about two twenty. Uh, I think Danny Berry got a few wickets. If I remember, and Tom Young was on his way back from injury, and he bowled really well. I think you know we nicked a couple off, and we had a, quite a quite a big slip cordon at the time. And then we went out to bat, and um, they had a couple of sharp lads playing actually. Uh, not trying to big it up, but I got hit on the hand when I was on about twenty. I said to Johnny, "You know, it's not not feeling too good." This he went, "You're in now. You're in now." So. I thought, right, well, you know, give it a bash and what have you. And then, I mean, what, like once you get into Middlewich, you know, it was just one of them days. I, I probably haven't, well, I've never had a day like that, but, you know, just everything clicked. I got dropped on about 30-odd. A Skyer, the coach, dropped it. I think if any of the other kids were under it or any of the other the sort of academy lads or second-team lads, I think I would have been walking back for 30-odd, but he dropped it and the rest is history, isn't it? It, 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 it honestly is something to watch. It was just absolutely ridiculous hitting. Uh, in a T Twenty, it would have been freaky, but seeing it with the with the Duke's red ball was was something else. Watching your old man, who obviously I know well, walking around, pacing around, you know, as he's watching his son destroy these lads who probably all went on to play professional cricket. Um, and, um, you know, the irony was the next day we're all there early. <laughs> The, the Speckies there early. Jimmy McCoy's coming out to bat on the second day, 187 not out. They barely they, they barely got the chairs out the car and uh, you spooned one first ball of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just chipped it to mid-on. But anyone who's played against me in the league will, will have known that that's been going on for a while anyway, so it won't come <laughs> as many as a surprise to many. So so from, from your perspective, obviously, been at Witness... Uh, a while now, uh, obviously, I, I, me being me, I always think it, I want to say grappling all, but 
Uh, you've been at Witness quite a while now. So what 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 do you say um, the capability of this current side is? Because obviously normally you'd have more, you'd have an overseas player in there. Um, what's what's the aspirations for this year? Yeah, I mean, just in terms of the overseas, we've, we've had a lad lined up for two years now, and he would be a very good player, I think, within our league standard. Um, we've just not been able to game game over, obviously, because of the COVID restrictions and, and, and what have you. Um, he's a top-order bat who bowls, so, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a gap that we are having to fill ourselves, really. Um, recruitment's been tough. Um, we spoke to a number of players in, in the winter, um, to try and you know uh, bolster the squad, we've been lucky in terms of um, one of the local clubs has folded, and that's definitely strengthened our second team and our club numbers. And we've got a third team out this year again for the first time in I don't know how long. So the the club's actually moving in the right direction. Um, it's just that the, the the league form is a bit worrying at the moment. But I think in 2019 we only won one of the first 11, and then um, sort of second half we. We got ourselves together and managed to finish sixth or seventh. I think if we could get anywhere sort of between sixth and ninth, I think that would be a very good season for us. I think ideally you don't want to be going into the last few weeks struggling for a, a couple of wins and trying to and trying to keep your head above water. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that as you've mentioned, that obviously a very tough start to the season fixtures wise. The the flip side of that is, is that you know when it comes to the turn and the last six weeks of the season, you're going to be hopefully playing against guys that are maybe in and around yourselves or you know in that mid table you know and you can scrap and get the points but look I'm a, I'm a great believer that you know the, a win is only just around the corner especially for the, the the kind of team you are as well you just need to get into that battle and you know if if you've got the other side of the result in, in the nesting game then it could be a very different conversation but um excited to to have you guys across obviously it's always good to have someone to aim at when we come and do the end of day presentations as well uh, always good to. I know you're always good to to have a pint. Um, yeah, well, I'll get Luke. Luke will be my driver again at the weekend, so I'll make sure I have a couple of scoops. And uh, ho- hopefully, uh, mate, that uh, what my ideal Saturday would be uh, yourself getting a a quick seventy or eighty, um, and then maybe us guys just knock it knocking it off in the in the second half. That'd be fantastic. I do have a few guilty pleasures. You, Ifty Car, is one as well. I absolutely love watching Ifty Car. Um, and you go around the league. Luke Robinson's another one. All, all all shot makers, you know. No one likes CD blocking it like. But um, yeah, so I ho- hope you enjoy it. And it's been it's been great to have have you on. Yeah, no worries. Well, we'll uh, hopefully weather permitting, we'll we'll get a decent game on Saturday, and uh, you know have the crack, and then hopefully we can have a couple of beers after yeah. it. I tell you what, Lee has. There's one thing that Lee hasn't mentioned actually, which I call it the McCoy Chunder, really. And, and and having watched you, Jimbo, play for, for many, many years, uh, yeah, there, there was nobody better than going off like a rocket, is there? Uh, and when you don't, it's fantastic. Cause it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. I'm, I'm trying to mellow in my later years, but it still winds me up even more. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think sometimes my ability uh, doesn't quite match up to my expectation. Uh, and sometimes, yeah, there is a bit of rashness in my game, and it's just pure frustration, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I've got, I've got no doubt. Come the weekend, by the time Keggy's got the heavy on it, you'll have uh, five or six overs at the start with us trying to 
find somewhere to put the sweeper in the offside, Jim. See if you can avoid <laughs> that one for a few overs. But no, really looking forward to having you there. And uh, and it'd be great if you could leave a few lads out and maybe pick Spenner and Phil Phil Catrell just for my, oh, wow. who, who were proper characters who I'd love to see uh, don the witness shirt yet again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the over forties soon, mate. <laughs> well, I'll see you there. Four years to go. See you in a bit. Okay, thanks, thanks guys. Mate. Thanks, Cheers. Jim. Thanks, Bye. Jim Law and Lee Dixon, the full toss. So great stuff from James McCoy. Uh, that's witness on Saturday. On Sunday, it's Nantwich. Yeah, the national forty-over competition is on Sunday. Top four in the Premier League qualify. Uh, we're taking on uh, Nantwich. It's it's one of those things, Jim. I'm looking forward to it because it's always good to play against them. Proper game. They'll bring a full side. We've got a full side. It should be an absolute ding dong of a game. Uh, I just wish in this national we get to play other clubs. It's one of my yeah. biggest regrets, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, the answer to that is we we would if we progress, but it uh, it does seem to be nesting on Nantwich. Doesn't it uh, in the early stages? Well, if we if we uh, if we progress past Nantwich, we get a home tie against Neston or Bangor. <laughs> so uh, you never know. Not not that I ever wish Neston uh, don't win, but uh, Bangor, uh, if they could turn them over and we could turn Nantwich over, it may give me that little bit of variety <laughs> I was hoping for, Jim. Now, if you're in the twos, uh, you'll be going to Marple. Yeah, Marple away, and uh, one of those grounds they've put a little bit of work into it, to be honest, Jim, and the and the clubhouse is looking in. Fine fettle. Um, it's always uh, struggled a little bit with the water uh, at Marple. So if the weather's not been great this week, it's going to be a little bit green. Um, but Matt Griffiths takes his tabletop in second team there this week. And uh, I think Griff, is, he's having to shuffle the pack a little bit with a, a bit of unavailability. But like I said, with the ones with, with Warren not being there, uh, Bobby and uh, Sam Mallow's not being available does breed opportunity. I think Joe Cloran's going to be able to bat further up the order. He looked in fine neck in pre-season. Uh, and uh, like I said, Freddie Ogilby will get his chance uh, in a league game for the first time for the second team, which is fantastic. Obviously, genetically well-bred, uh, Jim. Um, oh, yes. And I'm sure we'd love to get uh, Seamus on uh, to talk about his island days at some point. <laughs> Trying to hold that one off for a little bit longer yet, but I'm sure we will. <laughs> uh, what about threes and fours then, Lee? Uh, the threes um, are playing Port Sunlight seconds. Uh, so... Um, Port Sunlight seconds have actually won every game so far this season and uh, our third seem to be bubbling quite nicely. Um, we're hoping that they can manage to turn them over. George has got that side starting to get a bit of a tune out of them now. Um, and like I mentioned, Jake Wunkie comes up from the fourth team and uh, we're hoping that, uh, that the form of Matt Hodges continues and, and maybe some middle order runs from Dan Pond. And a little trip for the fours to one of uh, Ian Thistlewood's favourite grounds. Yeah, they've got to come off at Clatterbridge on the M53, Jim, as they head to Wirral Rugby Club, a.k.a. Wirral Cricket Club, um, for one of, as you've said, Ian's favourite games. Um, they have a PA system and uh, like the, the full pyrotechnics when they go there. I think we should do that. Are you ready? <laughs> the Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. So, Dave Atkin, uh, let's put your over-40s hat rather than your junior's hat on now. Uh, you were due to play your first game last week. I think you had a friendly before that, didn't you? It was washed out. But uh, uh, what's preparation been like? Who have you got tomorrow? Discuss. Um, hi, Jim. <laughs> preparation is always an interesting um, uh, word, uh, word with the Blazers. Um, we, we did manage to get a friendly in, um, but 
nobody knows what the result was because it was so dark at the end. Oh, it was, uh, yeah. I, I think the corner house won. Um, just well, uh, you say the corner yeah. house, but the corner house seemed to be full of over forty players from Chester, from what I could see. Well, yeah, and then we had we had a few <laughs> that should have been playing for them and all sorts. In fact, the first eleven left-handed number five played for the corner house, um, and very briefly before we get on to the season, uh, was was triggered for not very many um, by his own captain um, LDW because he forgot he was left-handed. Uh, pitched um, <laughs> a good foot and a half outside left leg stump, but he was still giving out, so that was quite amusing. Um, yes, we were supposed to play uh, Wallasey, who were new to the league last week. Um, we unfortunately couldn't get on because the pitch wasn't fit, uh, which is a real shame because we'd have come up against you know Neil Cross and, and whoever else, so it would, would have been a good game, I see. Um, so we'll see them later in the season. So we're off up to Upton this week. Um, and yeah, um, the preparation's been good, really. You know, restrictions um, allowing. We've, we've managed a, a few nets, and um, we've we've graced the terrace for a few few cheeky ones as well. No cheese or port yet, which is disappointing. But we're, we're building up to that. Early days. It is, yeah. Um, recruitment's been good. Um, largely because I've had nothing to do with it. People have just turned up, but um, we've acquired, well, our, our first team uh, overseas pro is, is over 40, which is great news. So we're we're eagerly awaiting a Tiefs debut at over 40s. Um, Wayne Goldstein, uh, Johnny Legend and Cheshire over 50s, has moved to the area, fortuitously for us. He's around. Um, we have acquired Graham Haywood, formerly of Holborn and well-known to Mr. Fisher. Um, and then I don't think Eddie Roberts has played a league game yet, so he he's kind of a new recruit. He has um, played for Gersels this year. Ah, right. Yeah. He's not played for the M40s, no, so no. that's exciting. So there's all sorts of um, first-game bolters going on um, on Wednesday, probably. And Duchaminda, I don't think he's played a league game for the M40s yet. So that, there's... Four proper players there, which we've, we've managed to add to the ranks. Excellent. And you're just um, raring to go. Selection yeah, problems, think, Dave? Think, Selection problems? I think problems? we are. Well, there are, actually. And, and um, we, But for the weather, we'd have had two sides out um, two weeks ago. Um, we managed, by hook or by crook, to, to put 22 over 40s out in a week, um, which is pretty bonkers, really. So um, if, if the recruitment curve continues um because naturally uh, as people get older we just acquire new players um we may even have to look at two squads for next year which is quite scary but great terrific uh okay well look good luck with that um as i always say to you when we get you let's put the other hat on now because we, we we've got you here uh juniors i know it's a really real kind of busy time friday nights are buzzing monday night this week was absolutely thriving you fantastic out there but uh it's pretty busy there as well isn't it yeah it, it's um yeah we, we're not we're used to being busy but we've, we've never been this busy so we, we've actually um we've had to close it to new registrations now as you well know with all the website updates but um yeah we we we, we have certain ratios you have to stick to for safeguarding and obviously we want to give um the players the best experience they can and um you know that there are not endless resources available, so we, we've had to to stop pretty much all all new um, uh, new members from now. Uh, so we're up to I think just shy of 150 kids 
across wow. the, the, the four age groups now, which is which is phenomenal, really. Um, there are still spots with the with the girls groups, so the, the girls only groups, the, the ones that Joe Herbertson runs on a Tuesday um, from under nines upwards. In fact, little ones as well, under sevens. And we're running uh, all stars and dynamos programs on Tuesdays, um, which is year three up to year six. Uh, and that's from the 8th of June for eight weeks uh, and all the information's on the website. So there are still opportunities to come in and enjoy facilities and, and join the club in inverted commas, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll match those squads and that, and that are really, really full to the brim now. Yeah. Great stuff. And I know looking at the fixture list, there's lots of games. So I'm going to give you a challenge here, Dave. You need to come back with a junior of the week, don't you? Uh, we do probably, yes. Um Ah, yeah, I'll need to defer that to some of the coaches. I defer think. that, defer that, and come on next yeah, week. No, we, we've what we're doing now with this is Jamie's office as well. So his ideas, we're we're very keen to get um, live scoring going. Um, not well, not necessarily live scoring, but but you know scorecards for every game from from under 11s upwards. So um, you know we're ident- we're identifying who's who's who could be in contention for that by the week or the month or whatever we end up doing, but. Uh, you know, eventually there's a uh, they've got some stats as they move up the gears and, and potentially start looking to um, uh, to adult cricket. Uh, on that point, we're playing a fifth team friendly on Saturday, which is probably I don't know, I can't even remember having five sides up um, uh, on, on a Saturday for for some time. I think it's always been a Sunday that the cross batters type stuff. So yeah, there's a there's a team up in. In sale, we've got a spare week, so we're off up there with a, with a few juniors and um, uh, and some over forties who can't get inside on Wednesday. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but no, it's it, juniors. Back to that, it's, it's busy. It's Herculean efforts by people like Annie Pole, who's doing all the registrations, you know, fishy coordinating everything. Um, Sharon Wyatt's been, been brilliant, stepped in and, and taken so much of the slack because um, because Friday nights, as you've seen, it are just crazy trying to register everybody and. Um, um, and the, the family have recently got involved as well, so we're looking forward to working with, um, with Steve and Alex is doing some coaching as well. So, yeah, re- real club effort, really, so it's brilliant. Great stuff. Never a better sight than uh, watching the juniors out there, is it? It was a busy exactly. night. Yeah, great stuff. Exactly. All right, Dave, thank you for that. Good luck with the over-40s and uh, good luck good luck with the, uh, with the fifth team and good luck with everything else, including the juniors, of course. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. The Full Toss Podcast. Okay, so time now to catch up with Alan Turner. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, and Alan's been around the club for a long, long time. You'll see him uh, on a Saturday at uh, at Cricket and indeed through the the winter as well. Uh, One of the many things that Alan has looked after over the years is the Century Club. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello, Jim. Good to, good to have you. Um, now, look, you and I are aware of the Century Club, but I'm, uh, I know there are people there who, who won't. Do you just want to kind of give us a little bit of history of, and tell us exactly what it is? OK, well, the Century Club's been going for just over 50 years. Um, it was started those many years ago as a way of raising money uh, to support the club in things like providing essentials. I mean, in today's... Um, uh, remit, perhaps stumps and balls aren't quite considered to be um, a a needy cause, but that's the sort of thing that the Century Club raised cash for, um, improving facilities and financial support for the club. And it's it's grown over the years and those principles are still there, but we're tending now um, 
to invest in capital projects. And the latest things that we invested in are the electronic scoreboard on the back pitch. And we helped also um, with, with raising funds for the um, big uh, scoreboard on the main pitch, which we all know is a great boon to the club. And it's quietly and efficiently run, isn't it, by you and you and the team. Uh, but how do I join it, Alan? And uh, what are the benefits for me? All right. OK. Well, you join it by getting in touch with me and perhaps we can go through that um, a little bit later. But it, it costs £24 a year. Um, you can pay by direct debit. Um, you can pay by a cheque. Uh, those folk who do that sort of thing. Um <laughs> And you can set up a BACS account. Um, the, the Century Club is a, a separate account to the club, but um, we take £24 a year, and then the benefits to you as a member of the Century Club come about once a year when we have our um, uh, annual draw. And at the annual draw, we give away prizes. The main prize is £600. Uh, the second prize is £300, and there are four prizes of £50. So um, it's a draw, uh, which happens annually, um, and all you have to do is pay up £24 a year to be a member of it. That's pretty good then, isn't it? So I pay two, two quid a month and yep. uh, get a chance to win, win £600 and, of course, help help uh, the club out with uh, some shape or form, which right. is separately managed, isn't it? So you, you have your yep. own uh, your own team and, and you'll, you'll decide what, uh, what, what you can fund and, and so on and so yes, forth. Yes, yes. With, 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 yeah. Um, it, it, it's, by the way, it's for um, all, all sections, not just the men's section, um, the juniors and the ladies. We've got a couple of lady members in, in the Century Club. Um, so it benefits all playing members at Botton Hall. And yes, um, that, that's the way it goes. And what we haven't mentioned, Alan, of course, is uh, traditionally your, uh, your your draw would be uh, at the start of the season, wouldn't it? The curtain raiser to the season and a, a nice glass of champagne at the time as well. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, we did. And it's always been at the beginning of the season, usually a Sunday. But of course, with the COVID situation, uh, we've actually had to miss a year. And we're now late. Uh, this year, we haven't held uh, this year's draw yet. Yes, what we normally would do would be have a champagne reception, folk would mingle and um, stand around and wait for the draw to happen. And we have an auction as well, which makes it all rather fun. Um, and then the draw's made and people sometimes stay for Sunday lunch at the club. Um, it's a chance at the beginning of the season for some, some of the VPs uh, uh, and members to meet prior to, you know, the whole, the whole um, season getting underway. Uh, and it is a great social occasion, isn't it? Because uh, it is. not everybody can get to the club all the time, uh, but they will uh, often dress up and make a point of catch, <laughs> catching up with yes. old friends, won't yes. they? <laughs> well, <laughs> smartly dressed, you mean. I don't think... We... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But no, in all seriousness, it's, it's, it's a great do normally. And, and as you say, you yeah. couldn't do it last year. Uh, so no. do you have plans to uh, perhaps uh, double up this year? Oh, oh, gosh, yes, yes. We're going to do last year's draw as well as this year's draw. So there's well nigh um, £2,000 worth of money being going to be handed out, or one rather, not handed out, <laughs> one, um, as and when we can hold the uh, champagne reception. Um, I was hoping that we might be able to hold it after May the 17th, um, but there are still restrictions um, on the meeting inside 
tables of six and only two families. So that's put the kibosh on that because we normally held it in the clubhouse. With the marquee, I need to talk to Adam, Adam Roberts, to see what we could do in the marquee because it is um, very popular, the marquee, and really the draw is more uh, quiet, a quiet affair. Um, and so I, I need to talk to Adam quite how we're going to do this. Listen, I'm not, I'm not sure everyone I've been to has been a quiet affair, but... Uh... <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Jim. <laughs> oh, that's smashing. So it costs me £2 a month, um, £24 a year. I can pay by direct debit, by cheque or by backs. And mm. uh, I need to get in contact with you, Alan. Yep. Get in touch with me. Um, uh, my email. Do you want my email address? Yes, yeah. please. Yep. Okay. A dot d dot Turner at btinternet dot com, or you can ring me up on oh one eight two nine seven seven one seven seven nine. Brilliant. And um, what we'll do, Alan, we'll put. Uh... Obviously, we'll keep everybody up to date on here and uh, on on the website as well. And uh, oh yes, fingers yes. crossed. Yeah, we'll be there soon, won't we? Mm, yes. Oh, I can smell that champagne now, Alan. <laughs> oh, okay, Jim. And thank you're, you. not, you're not guaranteed to win it, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you put a lot of effort into into running it as well. You and oh, you and the, and, well. the, and the team. So thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Thanks, Alan. Okay, Jim. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall. Right, Lee, one of your favourite times of the week. I know that. Uh, Fantasy League time. Uh, what did you make of the truncated weekend? It was an absolute nightmare, Jim, because obviously at the moment I'm I'm looking down on the rest of the club members with a, a great deal of joy, but um, I realised that our game and the third eleven game was called off. And young Albert uh, decided to play up at the wrong time. And I missed the 12 o'clock deadline because I was ready to shuffle my captain and bring a few guys in. So it gave the pack the chance to catch up. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, So what were the highlights then? So the highlights obviously were Alex Townend, obviously getting his four wickets, 17 not out. Um, That was probably points-wise where the, the, the big points were at. There was a lot of people who went out and got 20s and 30 points. And, you know, a few teams have got a little bit closer. Um, But moving into this week, there's quite a lot of movement in the sides. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a rundown of people to avoid. Go on, go on, go on. So Warren Goodwin um, is not available on Saturday. So uh, if you've got Warren in your side, obviously a very expensive player, maybe worth looking to either be patient and keep him in for one week, hoping he's back the following week, which he should be, or take him out and spend that extra cash on someone else it could be a week for Al Money Al Money's back so he's just over 8 million he could be the one or Rick Moore's you a score Jim so another one around that 8 million mark um, in the second team uh, Bobby Evans and Sam Mallows are unavailable uh, I know a lot of people are shouting at the radio going um, is it Marple away yes you're correct so they're not available. <laughs> <laughs> probably unfair to them but you know that was a 1-6 to six shot um, and also uh, Alec Townend has um, got his birthday, so that's what people do apparently in the 20s. They take a Saturday off to Ugh. celebrate their birthday. Ugh. Jesus, I've never missed a Saturday. Oh, I've, never, I've never missed a Saturday for my birthday, Nonsense Jim. Nonsense that is, mate. Drop him next week. Well, mine's in October. but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, And the final one is uh, Joey Desmarais is unavailable as well. So some big point scorers out next week. So I think it's going to be... Really interesting to see some of the members shuffle the pack 
whether they're going to be patient and use the transfer penalty of 20 points to get other people in or they're going to you know stay patient and and hope that it doesn't hurt them too much i think the the obvious one for this week luke young um with warren not being there is probably going to bat a little bit higher and opens the bowl in 6.6 million is fantastic value for youngy um young keeper freddie ogleby will be making his debut in second team league cricket on saturday wow so that is going to be quite a, a day for him you know he's obviously going to be um keeping to the likes of dan riley and robin fisher so he may be able to create some chances he's just two and a half million and then in the fourth 11 we've obviously spoken about alex cotton he's been very good with the ball jake wonky got three wickets this weekend mm. and has been rewarded to be promoted back to the third team so jake is great value also around that two three million pound mark very good well do you know who's in the building i do know who's in the building it's wacko jacko hello ladies and gentlemen Hi everyone, week four of the Fantasy League and thanks to the work of Keggy and the ground staff, we at least had some cricket to get stuck into. Top player to have this week was Alex Townend, whose all-round performance brought in 99 points. Dave Henson secured 80 as he saw the fourth team up to victory alongside Ian Boothroyd with 82. Other notable points hauled this week were Dan Riley with 46, Tilly with 37 for the women's team, and 30 apiece for Charlie Fleet and Jake Wonky. All in all, though, it was a low-scoring week with top team Nicole Fisher scoring just 269. It means little change at the top overall, with Lee Dixon charging away on 2577 and a 150-point lead over Warren Goodwin. John Scott, Harry Florin and Dan Riley round off the top five. That's all from me. Thanks. All right, Lee. Thank you very much, matey. You're uh, going to have a net uh, the next couple of days and uh, and be fired up for the weekend. Yeah, I'm actually going to jump straight out of the uh, the pod shed uh, where we uh, record this, and I'm going to go straight down the nets now with uh, Rick Moore uh, for a little bit of a hit. Maybe give him a few pointers, see where he uh, so we can get that big score at the weekend and. Uh, Get all those fancy league points I've promised people. And wish him a happy birthday from all of us, won't you? Rick Moore, 37. Oh, that's frightening, that. Older than the number of runs he scored this season. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lee. See you later. Right. Cheers, Jim. That will do us then for another edition of the Full Toss podcast. Many thanks to our contributors, Ian Thistlewood, to Dave Atkin, to James McCoy over there in Widness, to Wacko Jacko Jack Williams, to Alan Turner, and as ever, of course, thank you to Lee Dixon. Thank you for listening, of course. And hey, listen, lots of cricket going on this weekend at Filkins Lane. The marquee is there, and of course, we're just within touching distance of having a drink upstairs in the clubhouse bar as well. Remember that? So let us know if there's anything you want to hear about on the full toss. In the meantime, stay easy, keep safe. We'll see you next time round. The Full Toss Podcast from Chester Borton Hall.